0: Good morning, friends. It's good to see you all here this Sunday morning. Um, if you looked around, you might have noticed that Pastor Thomas is not with us today. Okay? And the reason for that is that he and Mel- Imelda are off in Maui. They're celebrating their anniversary. So they better not be here today. You know, marriage is an important thing, and it needs to be celebrated, and it needs to be nurtured. So, we're, I mean, just continue to pray for them. They're off, they're enjoying themselves, nothing's wrong with them, um, they're just living life. Um, but this morning, I wanted to talk to you, you know, um, about, there's certain words I feel like needs to be redeemed within the Christian community. I mean, what ha- when you hear the words like sacrifice or obedience or even the word calling, what does that make you feel? Like sometimes, does it provoke good feelings or like uncertainty or like? some negative feelings. Um, I know for me, growing up in a fundamental church, and even in a missionary church, there was always this idea where God may call you out and he may send you on a mission field to a third world country that you might not be used to because there's no hot water. Um, You have to, I mean, the foods that you have to eat might not be the foods that you're used to. They might not bring you comfort. And what if God calls you to those countries? That was one of my fears, is that, wow, what if I grow up and God wants me to be a missionary and calls me to be a missionary? I don't think I would do well, you know, and that was one of my fears about being called of God. What if God is mean and just sends me out to some place I don't want to go? Would he do that? And there was just a fear of mine in following Christ. So today, I just want to talk to you about being called and i think it's one word that could be and should be redeemed within the christian community so if you have your bible turn with me to ephesians 4 hey okay, verse 1 through 6 and this is paul writing a letter to the church of ephesus and he says i therefore the prisoner of the lord beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience bearing bearing with one another in love making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope of your calling one Lord one faith one baptism one God and Father of all who is above all and through all, and in all. This is the word of Lord given to us by Paul. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. Some of us in a heavy place, with heavy hearts. Lord, we ask that you would be present with us today. Lord, that you would speak to our heart, our mind, and our soul. Lord, we ask that you would... Refresh us, Lord, for the week. Speak to us, Lord, bring comfort, bring hope, bring peace. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So it seems that within the Christian community, the word calling is such a huge buzzword. People are seeking guidance and direction in their lives. And they're trying to find purpose for their, themselves. Now, the definition of calling by Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines calling as this. One, a strong desire to spend your life doing a certain kind of work, such as a religious work. And two, the work that a person does or should be doing. Now, if you do a Google search about discovering one's calling... You will find titles from many different websites attempting to help people find direction and guidance in their life. In fact, as soon as you hit the button, you'll come up with 335 million different articles. And this results come up in 0.26 seconds. You will get advice advice from such sites as Christianity Today, Discovering Your God-Given Calling, Gifted for Leadership. There's also an article in Time.com, How to Find Your True Calling in Life. Forbes.com has an article, 20 Ways to Find Your Calling. There's also a title, 10 Ways to Determine God's Calling for Your Life, from Crosswalk.com. Your Vocation, and how to discover your calling. This from theartofmanliness.com. I love this title, Finding Your Calling, Five Steps to Identify Your Purpose, from tinybuddha.com. And there's many other articles, from Huffington Post to Focus on the Family, and even Oprah, on her website, has articles about finding your calling. So why is finding one's calling such a hot topic? For many, it means determining which direction God wants us to go. What does he want us to do? For others, it's about finding a purpose for living. That's the reason why Rick Warren has become such a household name within the Christian community with just one book, His Purpose Driven Life. Now, this works well for those who are healthy and whole. But what if one is a paraplegic? What if you're paralyzed? What about a person who has special needs such as Down syndrome or severe autism? Aren't they also created in the image of God? How do they live out their calling if being called is about guidance or an occupation or about vocation? What happens when your vocation becomes detrimental to your health? Are you still called to that vocation? Do you still stick it out? Does God want you to still carry on a particular trade? When do you retire? Is it okay to retire? Is it all right for you to quit your job? Will God still love you even if you do? See, the problem with understanding God's calling in this manner is that God's acceptance becomes conditional according to what you do and what decisions you make. And we can stress ourselves out hoping that we make the right decision to obtain God's approval. So what does Paul mean when he says, live out your calling? See, this is what I think Paul is doing. Pauling, Paul is not, a calling for Paul is not guidance. And it's not an occupation. It's not what you do. In Ephesians 4, Paul is urging us, us to live a life worthy of the calling. So we make this a two bad assumptions, when we take Webster's definition and put it into this situation, that calling is guidance or that calling is a type of occupation or vocation. See, Paul here uses the word kaleo. It's the Greek word to call. And in this instance, God is the one that does the calling. God calls out to us. And then there's the Greek word, klesis, which is the noun of the called. And we are the called. We're that noun that God is calling out to. So Paul here is exhorting Christians in Ephesus to live a life worthy of the calling. In this instance, Paul is not referring to vocation, a vocation or an individual passion. Okay? Nor is he saying to them, live a life where you seek God for guidance in this situation. That's not what he's saying. In this case, the calling is, a fun, is fundamental to their faith as a people of God. The meaning of our call is simply this, to follow the king. The meaning of our call is to follow the king. Can everyone repeat this with me? The meaning of our call is to follow the king. N.T. Wright states that Paul here isn't referring to the specific calling or vocation that different Christians have, that this one is to be a teacher, or that you should run a small business, or someone else might be a nurse. And so on. He's referring to the even more basic calling of the gospel itself. Summoning people to believe in Jesus as the risen Lord and King. And to give him complete and undivided allegiance for the rest of their lives. That's what being called is about. We are to live out the calling of itself, of God's activity making believers and bringing them into the fellowship with the Son. And responding to the call is how we live out our faith. And we declare our faith through our words and through our actions, for our love for others, through our kindness, our generosity, our compassion. Through these actions, we testify of our faith that we believe in the resurrection and the kingship of, our, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So for, being, for Paul, being called means that we are to live a life worthy a, according to the grace that God has shown to us. Because God has given us grace, we live for our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's our ongoing human response to what God has done. And this is such a high privilege and also a high responsibility. In a book, um, and it's a book about Mother Teresa and the quotes that she has. It's called In My Own Words. She describes an encounter that she has with a brother. And the brother comes to him and says that he has a special vocation to work with lepers. And he wants to dedicate his whole life serving lepers. And he believes, this is my purpose in life. Now that's a commendable thing. And it's such a good thing. But listen to what Mother Teresa answers to him. He says, I think you are somewhat wrong, brother. Our vocation consists In belonging to Jesus, the work is nothing but our means to express our love for him. That is why the work in itself is not important. What is important is for you to belong to Jesus. And he's the one who offers you the means to express that belonging. Profound. We don't live out our calling because we're told to do so. That we must obey God. We don't do that. We live out our... We don't follow Paul because he's not giving us some kind of advice that we need to follow. Paul is appealing to us to experience the theological heart of the gospel. That we belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. Jesus. In the New Testament, it is God that gives the invitation. He is the initiator. And the call is to follow Jesus, not to fulfill a task. Now, some people may feel obligated, in some instances, to run a family business, right? How do you meet the call if it's a vocation, if you're stuck doing something you need to do? What if you're unemployed? How do you meet the call if it's about vocation or guidance? But even if we understand the call, I mean, we can understand the call in this way, to follow Jesus, and in doing so, anyone can answer the call to follow Jesus, no matter where they are. About five years ago, I talk about this a lot, Michelle and I moved back from California, and um, when we did so, I was applying for jobs and I didn't have anything lined up, but our our date was set set to come back to Hawaii. So I I had a plan, I just decided, okay, you know, when I come back to Hawaii, I'm just going to apply for a substitute teaching position, because I really wanted to be in ministry, full-time ministry. That was my passion at the time. So I remember walking into the office to see the vice pr- principal, and I was just going to ask him, could I just be a substitute teacher? Because it would give me flexibility with the hours to pursue other things or even to volunteer at other churches or do, do something. So I came into the office, and people recognized me. They were like, hey, how are you doing? We haven't seen you for so long. What have you been up to? And it was just nice to be greeted by them. But after I sat down and I was waiting for the vice principal to come out, And it just so happened, the principal was in the office. And she came out, and she recognized me. She was like, oh, Danny, what are you doing here? And I told her, I'm just trying to apply for a substitute teaching position. And she called me, and she said, no, you know what? Come into my office. I want to talk with you. So we went into her office, and I I sat down. And she said, you know, at this moment, I'm looking for a teacher to fill a position. And we would love to have you. And she offered me the job on the spot. And I said, you know, I still have to do this. I have to go through this. And she said, you know what? I'll make it happen. And she pushed me through. And it was such a God thing. I had no job. I was going to apply for a job where I was just getting money. But with this job came benefits and a paycheck, a steady paycheck. Total God thing. But I wanted to be in ministry. This is not where I wanted to be. So I looked at it and I said, God, you know, okay, I know you love me and I know you love these kids. These kids are created in your image. So I'm going to go into the classroom, even though this is not what I exactly wanted to do. But I'll love them like you love them. I'll see them like how you see them. And I'll just pour out whatever I can I'll try to bring a little heaven here on earth to these kids if I can do that, if possible. So I put my value in the kids, understanding that every person was made in the image of God and that they are people who are living in a hurting and broken world. See, the call itself is to love God and the thing he cares about, which is people. The call is not a vocation. But fundamentally, it is to love Jesus Christ and to love others. As a result of living out our call, God uses us to bring this glimpse of heaven and life to here on earth. A earth that is filled with hate and racism and divisiveness, where people lie and cheat. And where there's so much division, we are to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. That's what God has called us to be. See, the idea of calling the trajectory and destination is always heavenly. It's much deeper than a job description where you get a paycheck. It's even much deeper than volunteer work where you might not even get a paycheck. At every moment, in every decision, with every word and action, we are to be aware that, that the call to follow Jesus, our Messiah, and to give him our complete loyalty, and that takes precedence over everything, everything else. And when we do this, this love of Christ flows into every aspect of our life. It flows into our jobs. It flows into our studies. It flows into our relationship. It flows into everything if we live out the calling to follow Jesus Christ. Now, there, there are four layers to this calling. And the first layer is to love, to know, and to follow Jesus Christ. And also to trust Him. The second layer is to come together with other people. And people see that when we live with unity with one another, within the church and even without the church, they see the love of Christ. They see the kingship of Jesus Christ through our lives. The next layer is a call to holiness. Now, I don't know about you, but this is also one word that I feel needs to be redeemed. Because we feel like holiness is what we do. It's, it's a, you know, how we live our life, and that makes us holy. But in the Bible, whatever God touches becomes holy. Whatever God uses becomes Holy. So when we allow God to use us, we become holy. That is the call to holiness, allowing God to use us. And the last thing is to be yourself. You don't need to wear masks or put up a good front. We can be ourselves and rest assured that God's love is sufficient for us. So the first layer is to love, to know, to trust, and follow Christ. Then to come together as people. Then to live a life of holiness, allowing God to use us. And last, just be yourself. Now, if we live out this sense of calling, three things can happen. one, We will treat our success and our failures equally. Because we won't get too high when we succeed. And when we fail, and we will fail, we won't be too hard on ourselves because we know that God has called us. The second thing it does is it keeps our ambitions and it provides boundaries because we're not driven by something that is beyond our control. We, 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 we set a parameter in following Christ which measures our ambition. Are we doing things the right way? And last thing, our integrity is kept in check. You know, you'll understand that it's not always about the win, but it's about how we win. How do we do things when we follow Christ? Now, the problem when we don't live out this sense of calling is that we believe if, if we belong someplace and God put us here, that the church and God owes us something. God, you put me in this horrible job. You need to get me out. You owe me something. I'm following you. But if you live out the call to love God and to love others, you might be in a horrible job, a place you don't want to be with, but you can still fulfill the call and love others and see value in His creation. And the other aspect when we don't live out this sense of calling is that we'll try to be good rather than be real. See, the bottom line is this. Sometimes we can become so dismayed and stress ourselves out wondering if we're in the right place. What did I do wrong? Why am I in this situation? Why did you allow this to happen to me, God? We can become worrisome that somehow we missed out on God's blessing, that God will hold out on you. Living out our calling. Our call to live for Christ should flow out onto every aspect of our lives. In closing, I'll close with this story. In Luke 3, in verse 21, it tells of a story and it goes like this. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And he was praying As he was praying, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with calling? What does this have to do with anything that we're talking about? But think about this. At this point, Jesus did not do one miracle. He did not heal any sick. He did not cast out any demons. He did not raise anybody from the dead at this point. He was just Jesus starting out on his ministry. And a voice came from heaven and said, I love you. You may not have done anything yet, but I love you. And in you. I am well pleased. Isn't that amazing? See, you meet your call just by being faithful to God. You meet your call when you live a life that demonstrates that Jesus Christ is King. When you have a heart that seeks to understand the heart of God. Now let's think about this, what are you doing in your life right now? What are you doing in your life right now? Are you working a high pressure job? Are you working four jobs just to make ends meet? Are you unemployed? Are you taking care of all the kids at home? do you work at a job where you have to work in the sun all day? Are you in a job that you hate? Are you going to school and you don't know what you're going to do with your life? Now just think about it for a minute. And you don't need to answer out loud, but what is that like for you? What is that like for you? no matter what you're doing or where you are God loves you and he wants you to know that all that you're doing that doesn't define you as he says you are my son I love you And with you, I am well pleased.